Hello everyone, my name is Jeff Bishop and welcome to the 57th Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Jasheen from Microsoft. Welcome, Jasheen. Hi, Jeff. How's it going? It's going great. So tell us a little bit about what you do at Microsoft, and then we have a lot of things to talk about today. Absolutely. So my name is Jasheen, and I'm a product marketing manager on the Windows 10 team. And I work closely with engineers who work on all the different accessibility features to understand what's there. And then I try to take those features and communicate them in a people-friendly way, um, really trying to understand the customers and making sure that we've addressed their needs through the different features we have and making sure that they then know about the features that exist that could potentially help them. That's great. Can you tell us a little bit about what accessibility in Windows is all about? There's a lot of different ways that we could look at it, but um, how I look at accessibility in Windows 10 is is really at, you know, is really with the customer. And how I think about accessibility specifically is we should be building a product that reflects the diversity of the people that use it. So we know, you know, the World Health Organization always does these different studies, and um, through census data, we know that roughly 15% of the population has a disability. And we want to make sure that those people are also reflected in the product and that the features or tools that may help them use technology are also reflected in the product. So to me, accessibility is about making sure that everyone can access our products and use technology to do whatever the heck it is that they want to do. If they want to be productive at work, if they want to um, you know, do things at home, if they want to plan out their life, they should be able to do that, regardless of whether you have a disability or not. Earlier this year, Microsoft released an update to Windows, the April 2018 release. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So in April 2018, we we made a couple of updates um, with our accessibility features in Windows 10. And one of the biggest ones was our updates to the ease of access settings. So if you've got a Windows 10 device and then you go into um, settings, there's a page within settings called ease of access where all of the different accessibility features sit. And previously, with an ease of access, there was a lot of different features, but people didn't necessarily understand which features could potentially help them. So in the most recent update in April 2018, one of the things that we added was um, just more organization of the features. So all the vision-related features are grouped under vision, hearing are under hearing, and then input is under input. And that um, not only are they organized by need, they're also listed in a way that um, the features that could benefit the most people are listed at the top. So under vision, for example, we've got we've got display at the top where you know lots of people could potentially be increasing the size of their mouse or you know increasing their screen resolution. And then you go further down the list and it becomes a more specific set of needs. So you may start with display at the top and then as you go down the list, you've got narrator at the bottom. So just making that information um, really, really easy to understand by splitting it up into categories, as well as listing it by kind of the number of people who could uh, potentially benefit from that. 
So that was one of our biggest changes was the updates to uh, the ease of access settings. We also made a couple of enhancements to our eye control experience. So eye control being, um, you know, using an eye tracker, you can control your device without your hands by using just the movement of your eye. And this was a experience that we first shipped um, back in October 2017. And we heard a lot of feedback from our customers that there are a couple of features that they wanted. So for example, the ability to, um, to scroll using eye control and the ability to have a direct right or left click, um, as well as quicker acceleration to tasks like um, opening up your start menu or viewing your timeline. So we added all those features in April 2018, so that the eye control experience is just really, really robust and, um, and yeah, meeting the needs of, of our customers. Um, in addition to that, we also added tech suggestions for hardware keyboards. So this was something that was previously available on touch keyboards if you're using, for example, your Surface as um, as a, um, as a tablet, but we knew that this was a feature that um, people wanted for their hardware keyboards as well. So, you know, as you're typing, what tech suggestions will do is it'll suggest the top three words based on intelligence um, of what they think that, you know, the next word could be, and then you can select one of those top three words. So it, it makes the typing experience a little bit more seamless, especially if you, for example, have um, dyslexia or a different learning disability. Thank you, Jasheen. Can you tell us what might be coming in the future for Windows? What's great about what's coming in the fall is that you can actually already start to test and play with some of these features. So what I go through, they're all available in um, Windows Insider program build. So if you're not already a Windows Insider and these features potentially sound interesting to you, I highly recommend signing up and uh, you know getting yourselves, getting your hands on an Insider build. So there is a couple of things that come to mind when we speak about what's coming in the fall. Within Magnifier, we added the ability to have a centered mouse. So previously, if you use Magnifier on Windows, if you zoom in on something and you want to move the focus either left or right or up and down, you have to push the mouse all the way to the edge of the Magnifier box. But now we've added ability so that, you know, if you want to move the box left and right, you don't have to push the mouse all the way to the edge and the mouse will stay centered in magnifier. So having that centered mouse is something that will be coming in the fall. In addition to centered mouse, we've added scalable text within, um, within ease of access. So, you know, um, similar to on your phone where you have the ability to make texts uh, small, medium, or large, you can have that on your PC now with, um, with making everything bigger under the ease of access center. So that's something that's coming that we're super excited about that you know we're hoping lots of people will leverage. I'm, I'm someone that wears glasses, so this is a feature that I know I'll be using a lot myself. And then we're super, super excited about a lot of the improvements and um, additions that we're making for, for Narrator. So the biggest announcement that we just had a couple weeks ago is that um, there's going to be a standard keyboard layout within Narrator. So people who are already screen reader users may find a keyboard layout, layout that's more familiar to them. Well, Jasheen, thank you so much for being here today and giving us all the updates all about 
windows and accessibility. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Jeff, for having me. If you would like to find out more information about Microsoft and accessibility, then please visit the accessibility website found at www.microsoft.com forward slash accessibility. Again, that is www.microsoft.com forward slash accessibility. If you need assistance with a Microsoft product, then give the Disability Answer Desk a call. Their phone number is 1-800-936-5900. That's 1-800-936-5900. You can find out more information about the Disability Answer Desk on the Accessibility website as well. If you would like to submit feedback using your computer, especially if you're having a problem with a Microsoft product, then you can do this using two methods. If you're using Narrator, Microsoft's built-in screen reader, then simply hold down the caps lock key followed by the letter E as an echo. This brings up the feedback hub and allows you to submit feedback directly to Microsoft. If you are not using Narrator, then simply hold down the Windows logo key followed by the letter F as in feedback. This will also open up the feedback hub and allow you to submit feedback directly to Microsoft. If you would like to find out more information on how to get involved in the Windows Insider program that Jasheen talked about, then please visit http colon slash slash insider.windows.com. Again, that's http colon forward slash forward slash insider.windows.com. Com. This is Jason Castingway with ACB Radio, and I am here with Susan Mazuri from AT&T. Hi, Susan. Hi, Jason. It's great to have you with us. Well, thank you for having me. Before we get started, I want to thank you on behalf of ACB for AT&T's generous Ruby sponsorship for the 2018 conference and convention. We're always happy to support such a fine organization. So, Susan, what do you find most exciting in technology? Uh, looking ahead? I think what I find really thrilling is the opportunities that 5G will provide for us. And 5G is kind of the next generation of wireless. And it's not just, you know, it's not going to be like you turn off one network and you turn on another. It's an evolutionary process. And it builds upon the network we have today, puts in small cells, which helps with the response time, and there's a lot of the processing in the cloud. And so what that will enable us to do is a lot of technology that is device-to-device very quickly. It'll enable us to respond more quickly to things like uh, signals from self-driving cars, which should be helpful um, with uh, preventing accidents and, and making it more functional. And it will help us be able to process that information more quickly and use that data to help on practical everyday terms. So for things like, you know, we all use in our homes devices like Alexa or Google Home or, you know, those types of things which provide that connection, but it would be nice to have that information and more on the go. Wow. It is really an exciting time. I mean, we it was exciting to go from Braille writers to Braille note takers, and it was exciting to go from, you know, our laptops to our iPhones and other portable devices. And I think this is really the next step because I think it'll become 
it'll give us the ability to interact really well from device to device and have processing going on that will enrich our lives. So for things like navigation, you know, a product like Ira, and we've been very happy to um, help Ira go through our foundry. Um, we're very happy with the results from the initial Ira users, but this will allow artificial intelligence to, to work with it. It will allow processing much more quickly, and it'll allow us to get more information and automate a lot more so that the IRA agents are really doing the work that people need to do, which is, you know, does this outfit match? As opposed to, you know, what's the recipe on this package that I have? Is it chili or taco seasoning? And how do I cook it? Those things can be automated. But when it comes to looking at art or describing, you know, I used IRA just the other day to play Clue Harry Potter edition with my uh, daughter and her friends. I mean, sometimes you're going to need a real live person. Some of this can be really automated. And, you know, I think that we're going to see so much more happening in the next few years as a result of that. You know, as 5G becomes more pervasive, it's going to change our lives again. Wow, that sounds fascinating. Are there any examples or demonstrations of this technology in action? It's just being rolled out today. It's been in the labs. It mm-hmm. um, will be going in, I think, like 10 new cities. I probably don't have the number quite right in the next year on AT&T's network. And other companies are rolling out 5Gs as, as well. I like to think we have the best, but I am biased. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure that, um, you know, it's like other things we started out with the iPhone we'll see things become more, you know, widespread. And so it's going to be exciting. And I have heard of some of the processing things in in network, but we'll see how it goes um, in real life. Also help us with our our FirstNet. FirstNet is a a program that we have in all 50 states that will help connect first responders, like firefighters and police officers in disasters and that kind of thing. And so I just think it's it we're on the cusp of a lot of change. And if it's done well, we'll just think, you know, as users, this is very cool. And eventually it'll become totally a part of our lives without even thinking of it. Mm. You know, we might have every time you use up the butter in your refrigerator, you get to order it automatically or it goes on a list. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> small things that in the future will happen and we won't even really necessarily appreciate. But the the technology behind it is really is very interesting. Robotics is another thing, you know, for kids who have compromised immune systems in hospitals, mm. you know, this will allow more live interactive. I got to see a, a lovely robot at M enabling this year and um, allow them to participate in classes and to be present when their bodies won't allow them to be present. So I, I think the, the opportunities are, are great. And monitoring, I mean, if you're looking at research, medical research, you know, it might be possible to embed some kind of monitoring device that will give real-time information that might save a heart attack or might help develop a treatment or identify when treatments are working or not. I mean, uh, the possibilities are endless. Wow, and I think the technology will change faster and faster, and 
and pretty soon, you know, it's just going to be enhancing aspects of our lives that we're not even thinking of today. I mean, I, you know, with the Ira glasses, I often, I go on the Explorers group when I say, oh, I could have done that. I didn't, I, the reason I thought about playing a game was because somebody else said I played a game. I said, oh, I didn't, it didn't even occur to me mm-hmm. that that could happen. Yes. And I think that that we'll see more and more of that type of thing. So it's an exciting time in technology. Absolutely. And I have to say, I, I thank ACB members for providing us with great feedback and ideas. You know, their the sense of what's needed in the future has really helped shape our direction and our prioritization. It's one of the reasons that, you know, we have partnerships with great organizations like IRA. You know, and, we're, and looking at more things. So we appreciate that. Thank you very much. You are very welcome. Uh, will AT&T have a presence at this year's convention? We will have people attending. Unfortunately, I will not be able to be there because I've been traveling a lot. And it was an opportunity for some of my colleagues to experience the convention. But, you know, people know how to contact me. They're welcome to do so if they have any ideas or thoughts. You know, please don't hesitate to contact me at susan.masrui at att.com. And I wish I were there and I will listen to what I can on the web. I will miss seeing my friends. Yes. I just want to say that engagement in helping shape the technology of the future as people with disabilities, um, as blind people, is very important. So, you know, reach out to companies, reach out to AT&T through me. You're more than welcome to do that with your thoughts and ideas or concerns. And it really does make changes. And I'm sure it's not just at AT&T. I know how it works for us, but I know that other companies are responsive. So take the time, send the email. It's helpful to say, I appreciate what you're doing here, but this would be better. Or have you thought of moving forward in this way. Companies will not necessarily send back and say, yes, we'll do this, mm-hmm. but it will go up and it will move around at least at AT&T so yeah. that the the thoughts and the priorities and the concerns are really helping shape where we're going. We can't do everything. We have certainly business parameters that we have to work in. You know, we have to be a for-profit business, but I think that you've seen, or I hope customers have seen improvements as a result of of the products that we're offering and the accessibility that's out there. And we'd like to do even better. So thank you for taking the time. And, and I hope folks will continue to take the time to, to talk with companies and to, um, you know, particularly email because that can be forwarded up through different organizations. Mm-hmm. That's really helpful. So for all of you who have taken the time, and I know that there's been several ACB members, I want to personally say thank you because I'm also the recipient, one of the recipients of using that technology and those improvements. And your voice, your opinions matter. Well, thank you so much for that, Susan. And thank you for your time today. We look forward to seeing AT&T at convention. And thank you very much for your time today, too, Jason. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the final day. It is Thursday, July 5th, 2018. We're at the Union Station Hotel in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm Larry Turnbull. And today is the final day of general sessions. 
It'll all be all about ACB business today. Pre Entertainment this morning is Deb Lewis. And we've got uh, quite an agenda this morning. According to the program, <laughs> just Rick just fired the automated announcement uh, from Tony, saying that the general session is going to begin in 10 minutes. Anyway, the program says the session will end approximately 1.30 p.m. Central Time this afternoon. That'll be 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 12.30 Mountain, 11.30 Pacific. So we'll see if that holds true. I'll go ahead and bring up the house and we can finish listening to Deb Lewis on the piano. Leap of faith for sure. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Had it been a train station right up to 85 or had it been kind of abandoned for a while? Yeah. The mini mall is in the back, right-hand side of the room. They've opened up a section back there for the mini mall. You can come back and see all of the items that we have on sale. Come to the back and look at the mini mall bargains for today. It's been a long week. Lots of work going on this week. Last uh, Friday. Yeah, yeah. So it makes for makes for a long time. Outside of this hotel in seven days, I, 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 it's. I, I had I had to go somewhere else. All the way from well, keeping cool too. That's the other piece. But. Congratulations to both of you. Yes. Um, 
let's see. All righty. American Council of the Blind Conference and Convention will begin in five minutes. Please find your way to your seats. Five minutes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. The light zone is for loading and unloading. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of good Germans around, you know. So I grew up in the Missouri Center Lutheran Church. And uh, so, of course, that's a home base. I had, I had actually wanted to, to go over and, you know, see the headquarters and check out the seminary and all that here while I was here this week. Uh, but I just, you know, I've, like I say, I, I've not left the hotel once because I've been, you know, chairing this committee and doing all this work. Maybe tomorrow before I head out. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I would imagine there's quite a few people with the same last name around this neck of the woods. Oh. I, <laughs> she's on the other side, I think. This side. Hi, there you are. Hello there. I'm not sure what I've done with mine. Let's see.
The American Council of the Blind Conference and Convention is about to begin. Please take your seats. Thank you. ACB Gateway to Success Conference and Convention. Please welcome back ACB President Kim Charlson. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. We've made it to the last official morning of the 2018 ACB Convention. I want to thank our entertainment this morning, Deb Cook-Lewis from Seattle, Washington. Thank you, Deb. I'd like to recognize for our morning invocation, Mr. Phil Hamilton from St. Louis, Missouri. Phil? Stand up. Thank you. Let us pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for all that you've done for us and for your many blessings. And uh, we thank you, Lord, for each person who is here, as well as each home and each family that's represented. Lord, we thank you for the, uh, the food that we're about to receive. And we ask that you would bless it to strengthen our bodies and bless it to your honor and glory. And We'll give you all the honor and glory and praise and just guide us through the uh, the session today and open our minds and hearts to what you would have us to do and what you would have us to learn. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Phil. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. And good luck with your day. I know oh. you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Take good care, sir. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We will now have the um, 2018 DKM first timers, Becky Dunkerson from Des Moines, Iowa, and Nicholas McNeil from Holly Hill, Florida, lead us in the pledge. Come on forward. And here they are. A little closer. Closer, closer. All right. Can I share? There you go. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. 
Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. We will now partake of our last morning dosage of our margarine energy drink. <laughs> um, welcome to the to the podium, Marjorie Beeman from Austin, Texas. <laughs> awesome, Texas. Good morning, Thank you, Madam President. Good morning, everyone. I just wanted to see if you're still awake from all this conventioning. I will read first the Double Diamond sponsors. IRA, Educational and Recreational Events, General Motors, Transportation Services and Continuing Education Units, Google, ACB Radio, Worldwide Broadcast, Microsoft, ACB Conference Banquet, Vanda Pharmaceuticals, Audio Visual Services, and Brenda Dillon, Dillon Memorial Walk. Give them a hand. Diamond Sponsors, Verizon Oath, Conference Communications Center, and Marketplace. Give them a hand. Emerald Sponsors, Cisco Systems, Volunteer Services, Comcast, Your Day at the Conference Tuesday, July the 3rd, J.P. Morgan Chase and Company, Exhibit Hall, Sprint, Information Desk, Uber, Conference Registration. Give them a hand. Ruby Sponsors, Adobe, ACB Scholarship Mentoring Program, AT&T, ACB Cafe, Amazon, Audio Description Project Conference and Training Institute, Charter, Interpreter Services for Deafblind Attendees, Facebook, ACB Auction and Performing Arts Showcase, HIMSS, ACB Workshops and Seminar Programming, and Future ACB Leader or Young Professional, Humanware, Official Sponsor of All General Sessions, Regal Cinemas, Kids Explorers Club, and ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk, VFO Official Conference Program. Give them a hand. Onyx sponsor, Buell Fund, ACB, Brenda Dillon, Memorial Walk and Recreational Zone, Cox Communications, Audio Described Movie, and sponsor a student, future ACB leader, or young professional, MD Support, Talking Signs, Macro Degeneration Foundation, ACB, Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk, National Association of Broadcasters, General Operating Expense, National Industries for the Blind, ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk. Give them a hand. 
Topaz sponsors, ACB Lions, scholarship winner, travel. Give them a hand. <laughs> Coral sponsors, Randolph Shepherd Vendors of America, reception for outstanding blind students, Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired, San Francisco, general session, July 2. Give them a hand. Pearl Sponsors, Amtrak, ACB Cafe, July 2, Library Users of America, NLS Talking Book Narrator, Lighthouse for the Blind of Seattle, Orientation Dinner for Outstanding Blind Students, Maxi Aids, ACB Cafe Day, July 1. Give them a hand. I just want to thank all the sponsors for their support of our conference this year, and we will try to support them all year long also. Thank you very much, and I'll turn the program over to Madam President. Thank you, Margaret. There's one more person that I really want an extra special thank you for. I've teased her all week because how can you not just tease Marjorie? She's just so much fun and so wonderful. But she does a phenomenal job with speakers, with our sponsors. Yay! <laughs> Thank you, Marjorie, for all you do. You're everywhere, always. <laughs> We will now begin our business for the day, and I am going to let Mr. John Huffman take the first whack at business with constitutional bylaws, amendments, second reading, because I owe it to him because I left his name off the program. So, John, it's all yours. Thank you, Madam President. Uh, we are here to, do, to begin doing second readings of proposed Constitution bylaw amendments. And after the second reading is done, um, they are placed in the hands of the Assembly to, uh, to proceed. We will begin again with the second reading of Article, or excuse me, amend, proposed amendment. 2018-01. I need to slow down. Okay. All right. All right. This proposal is to amend Article 3, Section A, Members Voting and Dues, to clarify the status of junior members of affiliate organizations. The current language reads as follows, and this is uh, section A of Article 3. Membership. The members of this organization shall be of two classes, voting and non-voting. Voting members shall be affiliated organizations 
their voting members, life members, and members at large of the American Council of the Blind. Non-voting members shall be the individuals and entities holding sustaining memberships and those persons holding junior memberships at large. Okay, the proposed change reads as follows. Uh, again, we're looking at um, Article 3, subsection, or Section A of the Constitution. And the language, the change, if approved, would read as follows. The members of this organization shall be of two classes, voting and non-voting. Voting members shall be affiliated organizations, their life members and members at large of the American Council of the Blind. Non-voting members shall be the individuals and entities holding sustaining memberships and those persons holding junior memberships, whether at large or joining as members or joining as junior members of an affiliated organization, period. Uh, and I recommend the committee's recommendation is do pass. So motion's been made, and I heard a second. Is there discussion? Hearing no discussion, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? All right. The amendment is adopted. And I believe there's a second one associated with this topic that must come next. Madam President, shall I do another? Or yes, yes. Do we want Mr. Reichert to go ahead? All right, I will, I will move on. All right. All right. Proposal 2018-02. All right, let's try it again. Proposal... 2018-02 would amend Bylaw 3, Section A, concerning junior members of affiliate organizations. The current language reads, uh, Bylaw 3A, dues, uh, dues for annual members at large shall be $10 a year. Dues for junior members at large shall be $1 per year. If changed, the language would, ch would change to read Section A, dues for annual members at large shall be $10 a year. Dues for junior members at large, whether joining through an affiliated organization. Well, excuse me let, me, let me read that again. I'm sorry. Dues for junior members at large, whether joining at... Uh, still, still stumbling over this. I apologize. Um, okay. Okay, take it from the top. A. Annual members at large... Um, dues for annual members at large shall be $10 a year. 
dues for junior members, whether joining at, lower, at large or joining through an affiliated organization, shall be $1 per year. And the recommendation is a due pass. Right. Motion's been made and seconded. Is there any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed? The amendment is adopted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John, should we go ahead? We're all on right. a roll with the final. The third amendment. and final proposal that I have to read has been identified as 2018-03. And its purpose is to amend relevant sections of Article 4 officers concerning number of members from a single state who may serve on the board of directors at the same time. Um, the current language reads as follows. Article 4, officers. A. The officers of this organization shall consist of a president, a first vice president, a second vice president, a secretary, and a treasurer, and their terms of office shall be two years or until a successor has assumed the duties of the position. The officers shall be elected in each odd-numbered year at the annual conference and convention. And the following sentence would be deleted if this is passed, but it re currently reads, no more than two officers shall be elected from any one state. All right. Section B currently reads, in addition to the officer's In addition to the officers, this organization shall have 10 directors to be elected by the, by, the, by the conference and convention in even number years. I'm sorry, shall have 10 directors, comma, to be elected by the conference and convention for terms of four years or until a successor has assumed the duties of the position. Five directors shall be elected in each even-numbered year. And if the um, proposal is approved, the following sentence would also be deleted, and it reads... No more than one director shall be elected from any one state. Um, and, and, and then it adds a new subsection C, which would read as follows. Um, C, subsection 1. No more than... I'm sorry. No more than three persons from the same, excuse me, no more than three persons from the aggregate of officers and directors shall be elected 
from any one state. But in no case shall but in but in no case shall three officers or excuse me okay i'm i'm going to i'm going to start this from the top again friends i apologize um sub, subsection 1 no more than three persons from the aggregate of officers and directors shall be elected from any one state, but in no case shall three officers or three... (laughs) Shall more than three officers, three electors, or... No, all right. No more, no more than three persons from the aggregate of officers and directors shall be elected from any one state, but in no case shall three officers or three directors be elected from, from one state. The sections which follow this um, do not change. The subsections that follow do not change, but they will be renumbered and retained in the revised document. And the recommendation from the Constitution and Bylaws Committees is is a due pass. Motion's been made and seconded. Is there discussion? Mr. Chair? I hear Carla Rushville at a microphone. Just... Just a point of information. Um, I didn't hear anything about the term limits. Are those clauses in the subsequent sections? Yes. Okay, so those, the term limits do not change. They do not change. All right. Thank you. Okay. Anyone with a question needs to be at a microphone and identify themselves, please. Are there any other discussion? Mm-hmm. Any other questions? I, know. I can't recognize you until you're at a microphone and you identify yourself. Number seven, Mike. And, and please remember, okay. guys, talk into the microphone and give Rick a couple seconds to find you and he will bring you up. Okay. Try your mic again. I think it's... And identify yourself, please. It's on. Identify yourself or we're going to move on. We're working on it. Be patient. Try one more time. Don't beat up the mic too badly, please. (laughs) Changing mics. Okay, who's trying to speak on the mic? In the back. We have two people. Hold on, we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay, hello? Yes. Please identify yourself. Yes, Deborah Marino from Kansas City. And my question is, could you just clarify this a little bit? 
for me. The, we will have no more than three persons from one state. They cannot run. Is that correct? I don't understand. Well, the limit per state is three on, on, a, on a board of 15 members. Well, 16 if you consider the past president. Um, they can be three officers, three directors, or any combination of the two. That, that is the proposal. No. Uh, Current. Why don't you explain, Dan John, Stone, the current? I recognized for clarification? I'm going to ask John to clarify what the current status is, please, John. One moment, Dan. Are you asking for, are you asking for the current status? The, yes, that's correct. Right. The present time, two, the two officers can serve on the, direct, on the board of directors from the same state. And one director. And one director. From the, yes, from the same state. So do, um, do you understand that the change is a total of three, not so specific? We're just adding one more, correct? No, no, we're, no, not, no not, adding, not adding one more. Dan Spoon, to clarify if it's okay? okay. I think I'll give Dan Spoon a shot at clarifying. Yeah. <laughs> right now, the way the Constitution is written, an affiliate can have a maximum of three boats on the ACB board. Those right now can consist of up to two officers from the same affiliate. State. It's really not affiliate. State. From the same state. Thank you. That geographical state, so you can have up to two officers and one member of the board of directors from the same state, a total of three votes. That's not, the, the number of votes, maximum votes, is not changing with this amendment. What is changing is adding some flexibility that now you could have two officers from the same geographical state or one board member. Or you can have one officer and two board members. Still the same maximum number of three votes. Hopefully that helps. Thank you, Dan. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Is there any discussion? Yes. In opposition or in support? Just uh, one more clarification. Please, we'll take the clarification first. This please is, identify yourself. This is Barbara Salisbury from Indiana. Okay. So... So it could be two officers, one director, or two directors and one officer, but Correct. not three directors or three officers? Correct. That, Correct. That's Yes. All right. You got that perfect. All right. Thank you. All right. Alan Peterson, are you wishing to speak in support of or in opposition to? In opposition. Okay. Yes. Go ahead, and then we'll okay. identify someone to speak in support following you. Very good. Yes, well... I feel that uh, the Board of Directors is a representation of the membership itself. And if we limit, uh, if we have two directors from any one state, we, you know, we, we, we kind of uh, do away with the representation of membership on the Board of Directors. The, the Board of Directors, I believe, is kind of the House of Representatives, so to speak. And uh, I, I think that uh, if we, we, we have directors, two directors from uh, the states along with an officer, 
um, we we kind of uh, limit the, the, uh, the representation from the smaller states. So that's that's my okay. uh, Ray Campbell speaking in support. All right. Okay, I will recognize Ray Campbell to speak in support of uh, the. Good, good morning, amendment. ladies and gentlemen. Um, with all due respect to my friend Alan Peterson, I am strongly in support and strongly encourage you to adopt this amendment. I'd like to make a couple quick points in support. Number one, our membership is smart enough to recognize talent when it's out there. We need the flexibility to attract the best and brightest talent to our board of directors. This gives us that flexibility without adding additional people from any one state, which would dilute representation if you did that. Just a bit of history, before we limited it to two officers from any one state, you could have theoretically had five officers and one director from one state. So that really would have been a problem. That never happened, but it could have. Second, po second point I'd like to make, though, is we live in a very different world than when this was originally put in. People move around for jobs or other reasons. It would be terrible if we had to basically say to one of two really good directors, I'm sorry, you can't run because you happened to move to another state and be for a job or whatever. I think, let, give us the flexibility to bring the best and brightest talent to our board of directors and adopt this amendment. Thank you. Madam Chair. Is there someone wishing yes. to speak in yeah, opposition? Madam, Madam Chair, Madam Carla Rushable in opposition. All right, I will recognize Carla and then we'll follow with the gentleman who I don't know. Would you identify yourself, sir? All right. Uh, I, have, I have two points. One, if you do the math on this, you could conceivably have this rule applied so that you would only have five or six states represented on the entire board. <laughs> Secondly, if you should have, let's say, the secretary and treasurer from the same state, the president and treasurer from the same state, that is adding an, a, a tremendous amount of power into one state. And I would urge you to vote no for this amendment. Is there Dan someone Dan wishing Spoon. to speak in support? Dan Spoon to speak in support. Just one second, Dan. Is there anyone else wishing to speak in support? All right, I'll recognize Dan Spoon. His previous visit to the microphone was to help clarify so everyone would understand. So now he is speaking in support of the amendment. And then Madam President, Mitch Pomerantz in opposition. Okay, thank you. Pat Sheen in support. Right here. Oh, Jeff, you, Jeff Bishop in support. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Not that the board of directors has passionate feelings about this. <laughs> thank you, Madam President. I come to you today concerned about the American Council of Blind and our ability to grow and prosper into the future. <clears throat> we need the flexibility to be able to bring the best and brightest that our membership has to our organization. Yeah. 
as you all may have observed, just in this board of elections this year for a board of director seats, our candidacy slate before the nominating committee, only three people stepped up to become members to put their candidacy in for the board of directors positions, for five positions. We, we are not, there's, there's no goal here to stuff the ballot box. Today, an affiliate can have up to three votes. Tomorrow, an affiliate state. or state, state, I'll be, state can have up to three votes. Right now, we can have two officers. The kind woman who spoke before me said you could have a treasurer and a president from the same affiliate or state. You can right now. We're not asking to change that. All we're saying is that's add a little more flexibility. So if we have a second highly qualified person that's in the same state, we are not blocking them from helping our organization grow and prosper. We, I reiterate, we are smart, we are intelligent, we are an informed membership. We have the right to vote for whoever we want to for the board of directors. This is not limiting anything. Mm -hmm. It is expanding our capability as members of this organization. If we don't want to elect two members from the same state, we don't have to. But this amendment is not forcing us to do that. It's just giving us the flexibility. I strongly appreciate the adoption of this amendment. Thank you. Mike Padillo. Madam President, hold on. I'm going to recognize Mitch Pomerantz. Then I will follow with Pat Sheehan. And I need to identify someone speaking in opposition. opposition. Who in opposition? I'm sorry. Adam in opposition. Adam Archibald? Yes. Okay. Let's put a hold right there. Let's go back to Mitch Pomerantz in opposition. Ladies and gentlemen, There are two sayings that you should keep in mind as we vote. Be careful what you wish for and the law of unintended consequences. The board director's positions are essentially training grounds for higher office. Uh, Ms. Rushable said it very succinctly. Not five or six. Five. We could technically have five states represented on the board of directors. The entity that we want to train our board, our new people, to move into officer positions. The solution that you are being presented with is the wrong solution for a problem. The problem is we need to do a better job of finding talent. And there is talent in every state in this union and every special interest affiliate in this organization. I urge a no vote on this proposed amendment. Thank you. I will recognize Pat Sheehan to speak in support of the amendment. Thank you very much. and. Um I guess I have an argument with Mitch with respect to numbers. As I see it, three is still three. Mm -hmm. Whether you have two officers and one director, or two directors and one officer. It's not difficult to figure out 
where the power is going to lay if you are um, extending the votes to the directors and let the organization have the flexibility to determine its own um, positions as far as officers and directors. That's part of what makes this organization great, is our ability to make our own choices. I don't think that prescribing two officers and one director is the right way to go. Most of the power in this organization is going to be at the officer level, not the director level, and you have 10 director seats. And has, as has been stated earlier, we couldn't even find enough candidates to fill the director position. There were, there were particular states that wanted to have another person run as a director, but that person was forestalled because of this particular rule. I, vote, I would say vote in favor of this. Give the organization the flexibility to do the right thing. Thank you very much. I will recognize in opposition Adam Brescheville. Thank you, Madam President. I think that, <laughs> I don't know if they were agreeing with me or disagreeing. Uh, I think that when it comes to the capability and intelligence of our overall board members, that three people can be just as intelligent whether they're a director or officer. So having two people from the same state as directors, they can be just as intelligent as if they were officers. And if you have two directors, that's 20% of the directorship. But if you have two officers, that's 40% of the officers. And again, if you have a president and treasurer from the same state, that's a lot of power because they can control both the leadership and the finances Cindy of the organization. Van uh, secondly, um, when you're looking for uh, talent and so on, uh, nationally, for instance, we have 300 and something million people in the United States, and yet there have been times, say like with the Kennedys, the Bushes, Clintons, where you have people from the same family, they might be very competent, very intelligent, out of 300 million, you can't find candidates to run for president without going to the same family. And I think in this organization, you can go outside of two, five or six states, whether they're large or small, to find capable board members. So I would ask people to oppose and vote no on this issue. All right. I want to let the body know. Cindy Van Winkle. Hold on. I want to let the body know there's five minutes remaining in our time for debate. Donna Pomerantz opposed. John McCann in support. Do you want to continue listening to the people who are at the microphone? Okay, we have... Clarification, then. Uh, someone's asking for clarification, and I will recognize Cindy Van Winkle. Thank you. I just want to clarify, because I feel like the opposition has muddied something up a bit, that to keep in mind currently, we could currently, the way it is written, have a president... And treasurer point of order. Uh, I need, from the same I need state. clarification. You should not debate. Is that is, that's correct, right? Okay. Yes. Excuse me. Yes. I'm going to clarify on. this, okay, John. John, yes. as it states right now in the current language, currently the same state could have a president and treasurer of ACB. That is, is that, that correct? That is correct. 
Okay, because it's been stated a couple of times that this would change that and make that happen. It currently is that way, right? Yes, it could happen currently. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I'm going to ask the question again. John McCann in support, if we continue. If, if the body believes they've heard enough, are they ready to go for a vote? There is a mistake in the wording. Point of clarification. All right. There is a mistake Please identify in yourself. Sherry Molengraff from Florida. There is a mistake in the wording where it says that in no way shall three directors be appointed. That should have stated, it said, in no way shall two directors, if it is consistent with that you can only have no. one director from the I'm state. I'm sorry, ma'am, that is not correct. The way it's written is what it was intended to say. Okay, so Her you can't have two directors from one state. Not right now. Okay, John, do you agree that it is correct? John? John, do you agree it's written? John Huffman. Yeah, please specify. <laughs> Sorry. John Huffman concurs that the wording is, is correct as it was read to the body. Hearing a call for the question, we've heard sufficient debate. All those in favor of this amendment say aye. Aye. Those opposed say aye. Aye. The motion has passed. The amendment has passed. All right, I want to thank... Madam President. All right. Roll call. I need 25 people to stand who want to have a roll call vote. From the podium, it was very clear that the ayes had it. However, our Constitution does allow for a roll call vote. If there are 25 people standing. Okay, there are 25 people standing. Point of order, Madam President, this Adam. Yes. This does require two-thirds majority, is that correct? Yes. yes, it does. Thank you. All right. So we will be proceeding. Um, I, I take that back to uh, Nancy Becker, who just asked me if we were going to be voting soon. Um, <laughs> the answer appears to be yes, we will be voting soon. <laughs> All right. So there are some rules that the body needs to follow. The collective. So please listen. The first rule is that you are not eligible to vote unless you have a name badge on that has a dot. Okay. Right. So check your badges. Make sure okay. you have your name badge on. We're not worrying about dots because we talked about that all week long, that you needed to double check your badge. You must have a name badge on to get a ballot. All right. So I need to check in with the, uh, the election folks, our volunteer voting squad. So could I ask for Mr. Reichert, Mr. Reichert, to read a... a nice, pleasant, happy resolution that everyone can listen to 
while the voters are coordinated and we get things ready for the ballot distribution. How's your mic? Good morning, ACB. Until you're ready. Okay, you're going to have to do a little bit of business. Okay. Let's have a shout out for democracy in the blindness field right now. Free at last. <laughs> now, friends, we've reached that point in the program where peace and calm and tranquility shall reign supreme. You will sit back, relax, button thy lips, if you would, think positive thoughts. <laughs> you can check out any time you like. You can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. I have Eric Bridges whispering in my ear like Iago over here. This is quite fun. All right, friends, seriously, pipe on down a little bit, if you would. So I, I have a little bargain I'm going to make with you. Um, we do have a few resolutions to do today. Most of these are pretty short, uh, which is great. Couple, a couple, no, don't get too excited now. Couple are a little long, and there's a reason for this. I've told you this before, but it's important that you know. Yes, it sometimes is difficult to sit and listen to a long resolution. But recognize that one of the reasons why we do the resolutions we do is because we want to put them in writing and make them available for various stakeholders, and it's important that we get it right and uh, make that material available. So this resolution is, frankly, the longest one that we have. It's not too terribly long, but I need your patience. Need you all to get a little quiet. This is about education for blind and visually impaired kids, uh, and it's addressing a couple of critical issues that have come up relatively recently here in the blindness world. So here we go. Whereas... To receive a free and appropriate publication, public education under the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, all children and youth with visual impairments, including those who may have additional disabilities, should be properly evaluated by teachers of students with visual impairments or TVIs who are equipped with and use multiple assessment tools to determine such students' individual sensory challenges, functional vision, and learning media needs. And whereas these types of evaluations are especially critical for the large and growing population of students who experience neurological vision impairment, frequently otherwise known as cortical or cerebral vision impairment, here and after in this resolution, children with CVI. And whereas it is imperative that parents and guardians of such children have accurate, uh, complete, and unbiased information about the professional training and qualifications possessed by TVIs today who are prepared to evaluate children with CVI and to effectively 
develop individualized education programs, or IEPs, to meet such students' unique needs. And whereas TVIs must also have access to resources and participate in professional development opportunities in order to keep up with the changes in the diagnosis and assessment of and appropriate interventions for children with CVI to ameliorate the functional impact of neurological visual impairment. And whereas, whenever possible, assessments conducted by TBIs should include, as called for in IDEA, a variety of research-based, data-driven, and validated tools and strategies to gather relevant functional, developmental, and academic information. And whereas there are currently no assessments available today to TVIs that keep, uh, that meet these exacting scientific standards for research-based, data-driven, and validated evidence. And whereas frameworks for functional vision and learning media assessment commonly used by TVIs today are nevertheless based upon recommended best practices in the field. And whereas the CVI range by Christine Roman Lancy is but one assessment designed to provide information on the visual and sensory functional, functioning needs of children with CVI. And whereas there are other such assessments available for uh, use by TVIs when assessing visual functioning of children with CVI, and whereas a package of continuing education opportunities bundled under the Perkins Roman CVI range endorsement brand and other professional developmental opportunities are valuable resources to teachers and others who wish to hone and test their skills in the administration of the CVI range. Okay, guys, now tune in because that's all the background, so here's the kicker. Whereas some enthusiastic proponents of the CVI range and the related endorsement are seeking to have policymakers and state and local education agencies require the use of the CVI range and to require TVIs to obtain the endorsement as a precondition on such TVIs provision of special education to children with CVI. And whereas a TVI's failure to obtain specifically branded continuing education opportunities, even if such opportunities are marketed as a so-called endorsement, is no indicator of a TVI's preparedness to provide special education to children with CVI or any other students with visual impairment. And whereas knowledge about neurological vision impairment and children with CVI is evolving rapidly and a rich body of research and related developments from around the world promises to further enlighten and change educational practice over time. And whereas requiring the use of a single specific assessment today, such as the CVI range, or the express or implied imposition of brand-specific credentialing requirements on TVIs beyond state licensure and adherence to nationally recognized TVI standards 
puts children at risk of being denied the most up-to-date assessments and services and needlessly locks state and local educational agencies into practices and, and purported credentials with a limited shelf life and which do not square with federal law and policy. Now, therefore, be it resolved as follows, and there are several bullets. ACB encourages both newly prepared and experienced TVIs to pursue continuing education and or professional development opportunities and training to keep abreast of the ever-changing body of knowledge and practice concerning neurological vision impairment in order to effectively meet the unique needs of children with CVI. Next bullet, ACB urges the United States Congress state legislatures and state and local education agencies to protect the integrity of assessments conducted by TVIs both by rejecting calls that expressly or implicitly require the use of any single specific assessment tool or technique with specific populations of students with vision impairment and by refusing to impose specifically branded in-service training requirements on state-licensed TVIs who are, nevertheless, prepared in accordance with national recognized TVI standards. And I need to tell you that there's a footnote here that references the Council for Exceptional Children and the AER uh, branded uh, AER standards. As a... Uh, as a precondition for such TVI's provision of special education to children with CVI or any other students with visual impairments. Next bullet. ACB shall disseminate the res this resolution online and in any other appropriate means to make it widely available to parents, TVI's, and all other stakeholders to ensure national, state, and local communication of these matters. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, hold on. Finally, an ACB, an ACB renews its call to the U.S. Congress to promptly enact the Alice Cogswell and Ann Sullivan Macy Act, which, among other critical policy objectives, would significantly increase investment in quantitative and qualitative research, allowing our field to identify evidence-based practices in assessment in assessment and instruction for children with CVI and all other students who are blind, who have low vision, are deafblind, or who may have additional disabilities. Thank you for your patience and listening, and we please urge a due pass. Point of Michael Byington, point of clarification. Hold on, Mike. Please. Kim? Okay. All right. Um, I hear a point of clarification, Mr. Byington. Thank you very much. This is very technical. It's a very small thing. In the reading of the First Amendment, uh, Mr. Resolutions Chair, I believe you may have inadvertently read uh, teachers with visual impairment when the meaning was, in fact, teachers of students with visual impairment. So I wanted to make sure that uh, those words were in the actual written resolution. Thank you. We shall make sure that that is the case, sir. Thank you. All right. Any other discussion on this resolution? All right. I'm not hearing any. So all those in favor of the resolution signify by saying aye. Aye. 
Those opposed say no. The resolution is adopted. Madam President, can we please make sure that our minutes reflect that the resolution was adopted unanimously? That, thank you. Madam President. For the record. Thank you. Appreciate Madam it. President, this is Ann Byington requesting yes. the floor. For the purpose of? Making a complaint. <laughs> I've come to a convention since 1985. I'm interested in the resolutions. I am a hearing impaired blind person and there's a lot of noise in the background that doesn't need to be there. Okay. Thank you. I, I would urge all of you to please keep the conversations quiet. Thank you. All right. And as someone less delicately that I'm quoting said, take it outside. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, we're not ready to vote yet. We are getting things organized. The voting team is compiling things. We pulled a little fast one on them. They weren't expecting to be voting necessarily until the elections on the... We can keep going. So. Is this a constitution? It's a constitution. Yes, I thought so. It's a constitutional it's amendment. Constitutional amendment is when we have the vote, it's on a constitutional amendment. Okay. All right, we're so we're not ready to vote. We're ready to go with another resolution. Thank you very much. Uh, so we passed that. Uh, when you all take action on resolutions, that's when they get a number, and that was 2018-04 for the record. If you act on this next one, this should be 05. Just love how it stays in sequence like that. This one is also about education, and uh, this is about the uh, post-secondary at the college level. Very important stuff. And whereas the common college application, or common app, in quotes, is a powerful interactive online tool that permits prospective students to apply to multiple colleges with a single application to search databases, track deadlines, and manage the uh, submission of transcripts and test scores. And whereas the Common App is used by more than 5 million students every year to apply for admission to undergraduate programs, making it the primary way that American students apply to college. And whereas <clears throat> for approximately one-third of the 700 member colleges and universities, the Common App is the only way for students to apply for admission. And whereas a 2015 review of the Common App website by members of the Bay State Council of the Blind, let's hear it for the Bay State, uh, who are also experts in the field of assistive technology, concluded that the Common App is largely inaccessible to blind students uh, who use screen reader software. And whereas, this ex and whereas these experts documented several conversations with Common Application Inc. in which senior management was informed that the website was in violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And whereas in spite of the addition of accessible 
PDFs that students with vision loss may use to file an application, the Common App website's interactive features remain inaccessible. And whereas the inaccessibility of the Common App also impacts blind teachers, guidance counselors, and parents, and other stakeholders with vision impairments who cannot use the tool for employment or to advise and support students. And whereas an unequal application process creates an unnecessary barrier to higher education and employment for individuals who use adaptive technology. Now, therefore, be it resolved by us that this organization review the 2018-2019 the college app for accessibility after its next release on August 1st, 2018. And be it further resolved that if the common application remains inaccessible after August 1st, this organization shall use all appropriate resources and influence to pursue full accessibility of the the common college application for the release scheduled for August 1st, 2019. And we recommend a due pass. Motion's been made and seconded to support this resolution. Is there any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? No. The motion is, the resolution is unanimously adopted. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. What do you want to do? We must have one more you could do. Oh, I've got... Mark? i got a million of them. <laughs> i got a That's million of them. That's not true. That's not true. Doesn't have a million. Take my resolution, <laughs> please. <laughs> All right. Let's see now. Which one would you enjoy next? Oh, this, this is a nice one. This is fun. All right. Fun one. We've got a lot of anniversaries to celebrate this year. This is a good one for one of the leading organizations in our field. This is about the Seattle Lighthouse. Whereas the Lighthouse for the Blind, incorporated, headquartered in Seattle, Washington, was incorporated in 1918 with a mission to help people who are blind or visually impaired to be self-supporting through employment opportunities. And whereas the Lighthouse conducts business through 13 locations, including manufacturing facilities in Seattle and Spokane, Washington, as well as Somerville, South Carolina, and operates service business through military and civilian contracts at locations on the West Coast. And whereas today, the Lighthouse is the largest employer of people who are blind on the West Coast and the largest employer of people who are deafblind in the country, which is awesome. And whereas the Lighthouse has an expanded mission to include opportunities to support the individual employee to become more independent and self-sufficient. And whereas the Lighthouse will be holding its momentous centennial event 
at a celebration on September 15, 2018 to include a time capsule commemorating its first 100 years. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the American Council of the Blind, etc., that this organization congratulates the Lighthouse for the Blind Incorporated Seattle, Washington on providing 100 years of successful and innovative job opportunities for people who are blind, visually impaired, deafblind, and who may have additional disabilities and be it further resolved that a copy of this resolution be sent to the Lighthouse for the Blind Incorporated for inclusion in the time capsule for Lighthouse's centennial celebration. Congrats to the Seattle Lighthouse and of course we recommend DuPat. This would be 2018-06 if you do it. Yes? 06. Okay. Thank you. Is there any discussion other than a rousing congratulations? Um, hearing none? All those in favor give them a rousing yes? Yeah. yeah. And those others say no? Or leave. It is unanimous. Congratulations, Seattle Lighthouse. Wonderful. (laughs) We can keep going. All right. Let me check in with the voting team. Voting team, are we ready for ballot distribution? Okay. I'm going to do the informational spiel here about how this works because there are people who are here for the first time. So we, we use a paper secret ballot process, basically a three by five card, and we take it in phases because this is a large room. We have a crew of volunteers helping to support the election process. And they're being briefed right now on how to do this. So what's going to happen first when they are ready, which will be soon, they will begin to distribute paper ballots. All right? When you get a paper ballot in your hand, do not do anything to it (laughs) until you get further instructions from me. Hold it gently and sweetly and keep it safe, okay? <laughs> so the, the room has been divided into quadrants. There are volunteers covering each quadrant. And we will check after they've started the distribution to make sure that everyone in the room has a ballot before I give the instructions for the vote. Okay. All right. So the next step is the doors will close and the people in the room will be able to vote. No exiting or entering the room during an election. They will open up between elections if you need to get out. So... Um, or if there's a personal emergency, we will consider that duly. <laughs> all right. So, um, all right. It's also helpful if you stay in your seats, minimize movement around the room, because you may interfere with the ballot distribution process. So stay seated. 
The ballot distribution has now begun. It takes a few minutes. So, Mark, do we have another short resolution you can read? I do. Thank you. I do, I do, I do. I don't know why that didn't just take what I asked it to do. All right. We're going to shift gears now and talk about Medicare. And no, this does not ask for the government to get out of my Medicare. I'm going to meet the two people who laughed at that joke in the bar later and we'll toast each other for the, the only people either A, paying attention to me or B, thinking that I'm funny. Thanks. You want to vote? I, yeah, sure. Thank you, dear. Uh, sorry. Hold on. Come on. This is about Medicare. Whereas... Here we go. I know it's riveting, Medicare, right? Whereas the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, act actively and continuously discriminates against program participants with vision loss by failing to provide effective communication through accessibly formatted notices and other uh, other critical documentation. And whereas... CMS permits the discriminatory practice of its medical providers to uh, whoops, to decline effective communication to people with disabilities in clear violation of federal law even after numerous requests for reasonable accommodation thus causing hardships sometimes severe resulting in several bullets limited access to medical services and treatments uh, financial difficulties and negative credit impact Denial of private access to medical results and recommendations. Now, therefore, be it resolved that this organization continue its advocacy with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services to once and for all establish a comprehensive and reliable practice of providing fully accessible communications to program participants who are blind or visually impaired. Ladies and gentlemen, while it sounds like motherhood and apple pie, and it absolutely is, you do need to know uh, that there's been an awful lot of advocacy done in this area, a ton done by our uh, courageous and effective National Office staff, as well as by our colleagues and friends in the National Federation of the Blind, who have had, I think, a recent success with reaching a settlement on some fashion with Medic uh, the Medicare system on these points. So because uh, the advocacy has been uh, in process for a while, even though it's not perfect, what we are recommending is that this resolution be referred the committee is recommending that this resolution be referred to ACB's Advocacy Services Committee. What will they do? They'll look at this and evaluate future advocacy work, take it very seriously to see what else uh, needs to be done and direct the resources that ACB has to make it happen. So when you vote, you aren't necessarily voting for or against this resolution. You are voting either for or against referring this resolution to the Advocacy Services Committee. As I understand our rules, if it's not referred, it's still on the floor for consideration, or at least the movement could certainly move that. Do I have that right, uh, former 
chairs and parliamentarian. I, I believe you are correct. I think that's right. So in any case, uh, Madam President, our uh, motion, uh, our recommendation to the body is that we refer this resolution to the Advocacy Services Committee. All right. There's a motion to refer to the Advocacy Committee on the floor. Hold one moment. I heard the second. Does everyone in the room eligible to vote have a ballot? If there's any no's, you do not have a ballot, you need to raise your hand and wave it around. Very good. Nice wave. Okay, great. <laughs> we felt it up here. <laughs> only one person, I think. So. One is All right. the loneliest number. So we're going to continue to finish this resolution and its action before we begin the voting process. So does everyone have a ballot? Excuse me, does everyone have a ballot? If not, you need to raise your hand and wave it around. Stand up would be even better if you're able. And wave your hands around. That, <laughs> that will really get attention. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right, so we are back to the motion to refer to the advocacy committee. Is there any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor of the motion to refer, say aye. Aye. Opposed? No. Thank you. The, the motion to refer is adopted. Very good. All right. Thank you. Everyone in the room has a ballot. So we are ready to proceed for voting instructions. Listen carefully. All right. If you wish to vote yes on the constitutional amendment, you will tear off one corner. If you wish to vote no, you tear off two corners. That means tear off two corners or one corner. Don't rip it in half. Tear off a corner. Use your arts and craft skills to do this very nicely. Origami lessons will be given to... <laughs> That's right. So, yes vote, one corner removed. No vote, two corners removed. All right. I think everybody did good. If someone has their hand up, why is that? <laughs> is it, are you stretching or do you have an issue? Is it a man or a woman that has their hand up? <laughs> okay. All right. So the man with his hand up seems to have been assisted, and we are most pleased about that. And has everyone completed the voting process? All right. Then the volunteers will now begin to go through the room and collect your ballots into the ballot boxes. And we will have another resolution from Mr. Reichert. All right. Yep, here we go. Excuse me, while I exercise my democratic right to vote. I had a trouble putting it in the box. <sighs> here we go. Now. What the heck is this about? How many people just love TV commercials? Ooh, uh, 
How many people love it when you listen to TV commercials and they say, since you, we've now convinced you that you need this gizmo and gadget, call the number on your screen. <laughs> Boo, hiss. Harumph, harumph. An outrage, he I say. That's what this resolution is about. Let's hear it. Whereas the Federal Communications Commission... Attention, attention, please. Whereas the Federal Communications Commission, FCC, permits TV commercials to flagrantly exclude viewers who are blind or visually impaired from critical information, such as a toll-free number, ordering phone number, or even product or company name appearing on screen, but which is not verbalized, which none of you should be doing right now. And whereas even publicly supported television follows this exclusionary practice uh, of failing to communicate the most basic on-screen information, and whereas failure to provide such critical information not only discriminates against viewers with vision loss, but also denies a sizable customer base for commercial advertisers. Now, therefore, be it resolved that this organization advocate for the full accessibility of commercial and other advertising to ensure that on-screen information is communicated effectively to viewers with vision loss and with the risk of feeling our credit cards burning in our pockets, we recommend a do pass. <laughs> All right. Motion has been made and seconded by multiple voices to adopt this resolution. Is there any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. Opposed? The motion is adopted. The resolution is adopted. <laughs> Keep going. All right. Do you have another one? I know he does. Let's do it. <laughs> There's always another one. Uh, yes. Since we're on a shopping theme, let's keep that going. You guys like to shop out there? Does anybody like food out there, ladies? Anybody really enjoy grocery shopping? I don't think so. Whereas the American Council of the Blind ACB has been an actively involved in working, uh, in, it has been actively involved in work done to make the experience of shopping at Publix supermarkets more accessible through structured negotiations. And whereas in-store shopping experience is inconsistent, ranging from good to very poor, and whereas in spite of continuing uh, feedback, the online access to Publix web pages remains substantially deficient. And whereas the public's app available for use uh, with iOS and Android devices 
has serious accessibility issues. And whereas people who are blind or who have low vision should be able to take advantage of a range of services available to everybody else online and in stores, including, but not limited to, weekly ads, ordering online uh, ordering online, preparing shopping lists, and making use of accessible uh, prescription labels. You betcha. And whereas, despite ongoing attempts to improve online ex- access, Publix appears to uh, Publix appears to change their web pages with no regard to impact on change that changes have on their accessibility, and whereas even though a settlement was reached by mandating, uh, nope, the settlement was reached mandating accessible prescription labels, the implementation of this project has been significantly wanting. Now therefore, be it resolved by us that this organization believes that publics must do significantly more to create a standard of service in stores that is consistently appropriate and be it further resolved that the American Council of the Blind expresses our deep disappointment with the disregard to online accessibility demonstrated by Publix, both on its website and through apps. And be it further resolved that this organization urges Publix to develop and implement policies and procedures that will result in the development of accessible prescription labels allowing Publix to effectively monitor the uh, effective of this service and be it for the result that this organization will continue to work with publics but expects a significant and substantial improvement in their attitude and approach to online in-store and prescription label access. We recommend a due pass. All right. There is a motion on the floor to do pass this resolution. I'm going to ask the question, has everyone's ballot been collected? If there's any, if you still have a ballot in your hand, please stand up and wave at me with your ballot. And someone will, we see someone. Anyone else? We see one person. Wave your hand. It's hard to see all of you with your bright, shiny faces out there for everyone. So, All right. I'd also like Jim Crott. Could you find your way to a microphone for a I'm point of, of clarification? I am. Oh, you anticipated me. You're so good. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Mr. Reichert, yeah, I, I, um, I, I have a, um, a point of information. With respect to the whereas clause where you mentioned a settlement was ad- adopted or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I asked for, for Jim Crott as a backup, can tell you we did have a settlement agreement, but it, but it was not signed. Okay. So we'll change it was reach, not to, pr- reach to proposed. A proposed settlement. Yes. Great. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. 
Yes, one more time. Does anyone still have a ballot? I hear no sound. So I am assuming all ballots have been collected and the counting process will now begin. And at this point, um, let's finish this resolution and then we will move to the roll call vote. Is there any discussion on the public's resolution? Doug Powell from Virginia. Yes, Doug. Um, I think it's in the first whereas clause. They talk about the standards, appropriate standards or something like that. I'm not sure that appropriate, appropriate leaves a lot of room for, um, uh, for, uh, what's the word I want? Interpretation. Interpretation. There you go. Thank you all. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I think we ought to say uh, uh, adequate standards or something along those lines that's a little more active. Is that um, a, Madam Chair, we'll yes. change it to recognize standards. Recognize standards. Okay? Great. Thanks. That's good. That's good. Acceptable to the body. All right. Is there any other discussion on the public resolution? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? The resolution is adopted. Thank you so I much. I now turn the podium over to our secretary Madam. to proceed. Madam President. Yes. Rick Morin. I'm, this is Rick Morin, Madam President. I, I received a text from somebody who got locked out of the room oh. while okay. we were doing resolutions, just asking if it was appropriate to conduct business and lock people out uh, while, we were, while we were counting votes. In other words... While the doors are closed during a, an active voting session... Um, we need to maintain our practice no, of keeping I, I, the doors I understand. The point locked. was we continue to conduct business beyond the voting. Yeah. So the question it's was... It's during the voting. We haven't concluded the voting yet. We've concluded one part of the voting. Right, but you conducted other further business during yes. the voting process. So I just... I, I'm... See, we don't have volunteers to man the doors because they're counting ballots right now. Right. Putting it another way, you've got to be in it to win it. Right. When we finish this vote, then we will open the doors and let people in or out at that time. Um, and we will, that's how we'll do it, unless there's discussion or objection from the body. I think right. that's the way we need to manage it. Otherwise, people are wandering around and it's confusing. I understood. Thank you. All right. Are we ready to proceed to the roll call vote? Yes. All right. Mr. Secretary. I am ready if you guys are. All right. Um, We are going to try what we did Saturday night. We're going to try to cue you guys up so that please keep your voices down. Okay. I'm sorry. And so, so we can all hear what's going on. We're going to try cueing you guys up like we did the other night. So... I need Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, California, and Colorado to start making your way to microphones. And uh, when I call Alabama, then I will queue up Connecticut in the back of the queue and so on and so forth. We will proceed. So with that, we get to the right line. Alabama, seven votes. Alabama, seven votes, yes. Seven, yes. Okay. Seven, yes. Arizona, two votes. Arizona casts two votes, yes. Two, yes. 
Arkansas, four. Arkansas, four, yes. Four, yes. California, 25. California, five, yes, 20, no. Five, yes, 20, no. Oops, I'm, I'm, I'm not queuing, so you, um, you know what? You guys can figure it out, so just uh, we'll just do it that way. Because I'm trying to roll down the... But no, please try to get to microphones like four or five affiliates ahead. That will help. Sorry about that. I said it, I said it and I didn't do it. <clears throat> Colorado, two votes. Colorado, two, yes. Two, yes. Connecticut, one. Okay. And um, Delaware, D.C., Florida, Georgia, Hawaii. Connecticut, one vote, yes. I got you, one, yes. Delaware, one. I do need to cue you guys up. <laughs> okay. Delaware, Delaware, one. Okay. So, D.C., Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, and Illinois, start making your way to microphones. We're there. I will try to remember to cue. Um, you get rolling. Uh, Delaware, please, give your vote. If you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're not there, I'm going to move on. I'm in here. It's a matter of finding where it is. Okay. We, you're there. We, Delaware is one vote. We cast no vote. One, no. Um, the Indiana, get in the queue. D.C., two votes. District Columbia, two votes, no. Two, no. Florida, 25. Iowa, in queue. Florida, 22, yes. Three, no. Okay. 22, Florida, 22, yes. Three, no. Um, Kansas, into the queue. Georgia, seven. Uh, Georgia, seven, no. Get you into the right column there. Seven, no. Uh, Bluegrass, into the queue. Hawaii, three. Hawaii, three, yes. Three, yes. Um, Kentucky, in the back of the queue. Illinois, four. Illinois, three, yes. One, no. Three, yes. One, no. Kentucky, or Louisiana, to the back of the queue. Indiana, eight. Indiana, four and a half, yes. Three and a half, no. Uh, okay, four, 4.5, yes. 3.5, no. Um, Maine to the back of the queue, Iowa, four. Uh, Iowa. Okay. This queuing thing is a work in progress, guys, so just be patient with us. You were choked? Oh, gee, I hope that's not good. It's not worth getting choked up over. <laughs> Iowa, come on. Get it to a mic or I'm moving on. Go ahead. Iowa, Iowa votes four yes. Okay, four yes. 
Uh, Maryland to the back of the queue. Kansas, three. Kansas votes three, yes. Three, yes. Um, Michigan to the back of the queue. Uh, base state. And my braille display just did something funky here. Hold on. Um, so base state into the queue, bluegrass four. Bluegrass one, yes, three, no. Uh, one, yes, three, no. Uh, Michigan into the back of the queue, Kentucky 13. Kentucky votes one yes, 12 no. Oh. Oh. Got that. I got, I got it. One yes, 12 no. I got it. I'm, I was being, Joey, I'm sorry, Joey. I was, somebody was saying something else to me up here about, I, I skipped somebody. Did I? Did I? I did. Uh, did, I, did I call Indiana? Okay. All right. All right, I, th I think I got, uh, oh, I've got everybody. Um, let's see, uh, now you got me, you threw me off. Uh, Minnesota into the back of the queue, Louisiana, three. Three votes. Louisiana, three, no. Okay, three, no. Um, Mississippi to the back of the queue, Maine, two votes. ACB of Maine, two votes. Maine, two Yes. Two. Yes. Uh, Missouri into the back of the queue, please. Um, and and Maryland. I'm 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 getting there. My uh, <laughs> I keep I keep hitting the wrong key, and I keep going to the bottom of my file, which I don't want to do. Uh, Maryland, three votes. Maryland votes two point five yes, point five no. And 2.5 yes, and 0.5 no. Okay. Make sure I... Okay, Montana to the back of the queue. Base state, eight votes. Massachusetts, seven yes, one no. Seven yes, one no. Uh, Nebraska to the back of the queue. Michigan, six votes. Michigan, six votes, no. Six, get you into the right column there. Six, no. Okay, um, Nevada to the back of the queue. Minnesota, three votes. Minnesota, three votes, yes. Three, yes. Okay. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Okay, uh, New York to the back of the queue. Uh, Mississippi Council of the Blind, six votes. Mississippi, three yes and three no. Three yes, three no. Okay, let's see. Um, North Carolina to the back of the queue. Missouri Council of the Blind, 25 votes. Missouri cast 25 votes, yes. 25, yes. Let's see, okay. Um, 
North Dakota to the back of the queue. Montana, two votes. Montana, two votes, no. Two, oops, oops, got you the wrong column, Alan. There we go, two, no. Okay, Nebraska to the, or Nebraska is up next and into the back of the queue. We need Ohio. Nebraska, one vote. Nebraska will have uh, one vote, no. You will have one vote. No, you certainly will have one. No. Yeah, we, 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 we appreciate it. Okay. Um, Oklahoma to the back of the queue. Nevada, five votes. Nevada votes five. Yes, I'm sorry. Five, yes. No problem. Got you down there, Robin. Uh, Pennsylvania to the back of the queue. ACB of New York, seven votes. AC, go ahead. ACB of New York, seven, no. Seven, seven, no. Okay. Tennessee to the back of the queue. North Carolina, four votes. Seven votes. North Carolina, you've got four votes. North Carolina votes, four votes, no. Four, four, no. Texas to the back of the queue. North Dakota, eight votes. North Dakota votes eight, no. Eight, no. Okay. Uh, Utah to the back of the queue. Ohio, eight. Ohio, seven, yes, one, no. Seven, yes, one, no. And let's see. We need um, uh, Virginia to the back of the queue. Oklahoma, 20 votes. And Oregon, you can start making your way up too. I did skip you. I'm sorry about that. I'm here. Oklahoma, 20 votes. Oklahoma votes 20, yes. 20, yes. Okay. Uh, Oregon, six votes. Oregon, six, yes. Six, yes. And see, we need, um, I need um, Washington into the back of the queue. Pennsylvania, nine votes. Pennsylvania, seven yes, two no. Seven yes, two no. Um, Mountain State to the back of the queue. Tennessee, six votes. Tennessee, four votes yes, two no. Four yes, two no. Uh, Wisconsin to the back of the queue. Texas, 12 votes. Texas, six votes, yes. Six votes, no. Okay, six yes, six no. AAVL to the back of the queue. Utah, 25 votes. Utah, 25, no. Okay. 25, no. Um, uh, teachers to the back of the queue. ACB of Virginia, two votes. Virginia, two yes. Two yes. Um, let's see. Uh, attorneys to the back of the queue. Always like to tell them lawyers get to the back of the queue. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. Washington, 17 votes. Washington votes 17, yes. 
17, yes. Um, uh, diabetics to the back of the queue. Mountain State, two votes. Mountain State, two votes, yes. Two, yes. Let me hit the control S so we save our file. We need to do that once in a while. Mountain State was two, yes. Um, uh, families to the back of the queue. Wisconsin, one vote. Wisconsin votes, yes. One yes? One yes. Got it. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, government employees to the back of the queue. AAVL. One vote. Oh, you probably want to use this. There you go. AAVL, cast one vote, yes. Point of information, he didn't have to move far to, keep, to get into the queue. He's right next to me. One, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's see. Then we need... Uh, lions to the back of the queue... Uh, teachers, two votes. Oh, I'm sorry. AABT cast two votes, yes. Two, yes. Uh, let's see. Bits to the back of the queue, or no, radio amateurs to the back of the queue, excuse me. Uh, teachers was two, yes. Um, AAVIA, the attorneys, two votes. And the meter's running. <laughs> Attorneys, two votes. They may be a... <laughs> uh, and one more time. Attorneys, two votes. Attorneys cast two votes, yes. Okay. Uh, see, that, that's probably worth about 50 bucks. No, I'm kidding. Two, two yes for the attorneys. Blind pride to the back of the queue. Diabetics, three votes. Diabetics, three votes. And for a third time, diabetics, three votes. Moving on. BRL to the back of the queue. And families, three votes. Families casts one vote yes, two votes no. One yes, two no. Uh, CCLVI to the back of the queue. Government employees, one. I'm sorry, I missed uh, ACB Diabetics, and uh, we have three votes, and we'd like to vote yes. Three uh, Diabetics, ACB Diabetics in action, three yes. Got them. Thank you, Donna. And now, government employees, one vote. ACBGE, one yes. Uh, ACBGE, one yes. Okay, let's see. Uh, Friends and Art to the back of the queue. Um, ACB Lions, three votes. And students, you need to queue up too. I did miss you. I'm sorry. Uh, Lions, three votes. ACB Lions, two votes. Yes, one vote, no. Two yes, one no. Uh, ACB Radio Amateurs, one vote. ACB Radio Amateurs, one vote, yes. One, yes. 
and that wasn't even on Simplex. <laughs> uh, GDUI to the back of the queue. Uh, students, one vote. ACBS, one yes. One yes. Uh, Ivy to the back of the queue. Bits, four votes. Bits, four votes, yes. Bits, uh, bits, blah, four, yes. I need water. <laughs> uh, okay. Lua to the back of the queue. Uh, blind Pride, five votes. Blind Pride, five votes, yes. Five, yes. Um, RSVA to the back of the queue. Braille Revival League, six votes. Braille Revival League casts five votes, yes, one vote, no. Five, yes, one, no. And finally, veterans to the back of the queue and, uh, and CCLVI, 11 votes. Seven votes, yes, four votes, no. Seven, yes, four, no. Friends in Art, three votes. Friends in Art, three, yes. Three, yes. Guide Dog Users, 18 votes. Guide Dog Users passed a similar amendment uh, last year, so 18 yes. All right. Woof. And she didn't even bark. <laughs> 18 yes. Ivy, two votes. Ms. Ivy casts um, one and a half votes no, one half vote yes. 0.5 yes, 1.5 no. Make sure I got the right number there. Okay. Lua, six votes. Lua casts, uh, wait a Lua casts two votes yes, four votes no. Two yes, four no. Randolph Shepard Vendors, 21 votes. Randolph Shepard Vendors cast five yes and 16 no. Six, five, yes, 16, no. And last but certainly not least, veterans, one vote. I don't think that's the vote, but. <laughs> Mr. Chair. Yes. Veterans. This is Donna again. I apologize. Uh, the ACB diabetics vote has changed to two, yes, one, no. Um, I will. Two yes, one no for diabetics. I will make that change after we get the veterans uh, vote here. Uh, veterans, uh, you have one vote. <clears throat> and for third and final time. He's coming. Okay. Um. Okay, um, uh, you need to be at a microphone if you're going to do that. Veterans, one vote, yes. You got it. Thank you, David. Thank you, and let me get the diabetics vote down. Um, Madam President, that completes roll call. Thank you. Ms. Mr. I, um, Secretary, did you call attorneys? Yes. I've, do you need their vote repeated? Um, no, I don't. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. All right. I want to make sure that um, doors are unlocked so people can exit if they need to or come in. And on the next vote that we take, please listen, um, I will allow for the doors to open after we've fully completed the individual votes. 
I'm not going to, it takes a long time, so I know there are needs that people have, so we will, we will, we will um, do that on the next vote that we take. All right, I'm going to check in. I don't believe that we're ready yet on the count, so um, I would ask our... I'm, I was going to do door prizes when we finish, and we're close. Well, thank you. <laughs> so, door prize, folks, you should. The be Daily ready. Double. <laughs> the contestants look perplexed as they write answers down on their paper. <laughs> One of them grins gleefully as she knows she has the right answer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what is confusion? No. Uh, <laughs> thank you. All right. All right. We are still working on processing the votes. So we are going to... We are going to... Do a short resolution. Ladies and gentlemen, this resolution has become affectionately known by your resolution committee for the short title, Flying Dogs. <laughs> Flying Dogs Resolution. <laughs> you got three guesses as to what this resolution might be about. <laughs> If you miss all three, your membership in ACB will be revoked <laughs> because you are clueless. That's not very nice. If you don't, you'll know what this is about. All right, let's pipe on down. It's very important. Whereas in the spring of 1938, United Airlines permitted the carriage of Buddy, the first guide dog in the United States, to accompany her handler, Morris Frank, on a flight from Chicago to Newark, making her the first service animal allowed to travel in the cabin of an airplane. I'm, I'm sorry, i got to say this to you guys because it's fun. It says here to travel in the cabin of an airplane. Just wait till the dog guides get in the cockpit. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Autonomous aircraft. I'm telling you, they're on the horizon. Okay, here we go. And whereas since that time, 80 years ago, can you believe that? Guide dog handler, guide dogs handlers have advocated tirelessly to enjoy freedom of mobility in the skies, taking their case before state and federal courts, legislatures, and regulatory bodies in order to secure their right to full and equal inclusion through statutes such as the Air Carrier Access Act of 1986. And whereas there has been a noted increase in recent years in the number of uh, fraudulently uh, banned 
actors who misrepresent their pets as service or emotional support animals in order to game... uh, Come on, you can move. In order to game the system. And whereas... And whereas in order... Excuse me. Your resolution chair is having a hard time because there's lots of voices up here. Whereas in an attempt... To curtail this fraud and abuse, airlines have taken it upon themselves in the first half of 2018 to advance policies that limit access to the multiple classes of service animal teams protected under the Air Carrier Access Act, with some airlines seeking little to no input from guide dog handlers and advocates. And whereas these policy changes have created confusion among airline personnel resulting in stress for passengers with guide dogs. And whereas the U.S. Department of Transportation has begun regulatory proceedings to revise the current service animal definition in response to pressure from airlines and advocates. Now, therefore... Uh, thought I was going to sneeze there now therefore be it resolved that the American Council of the Blind National Office expand and further its relationships with U.S. air carriers calling upon airlines to and here's a couple of things ensure that develop that development of any such policy is done in consultation with ACB, its affiliate Guide Dog Users Incorporated, and other service animal advocates to assure that the long come on that the long-standing commitment to full and equal inclusion of passengers with guide dogs is not uh, compromised. And number two. Uh, that airlines commit to implement ongoing training with airline personnel in order to assure that the letter of the law protecting the rights of passengers with service animals not be impeded. And be it for the resolve that ACB work with the U.S. Department of Transportation as it undertakes regulatory proceedings to ensure that the rights of passengers with legitimate, well-trained service animals not be negatively impacted by any changes to the service animal definition and subsequent relevant policies. And we advocate a do-woof. No, I'm not. Sorry, I'm Okay, I have no Is there a second? Woof. <laughs> All right. Um, regarding the resolution. Okay. Is there any discussion? Hearing none. All those in favor of this resolution say aye. Aye. All those opposed say no. The resolution is adopted on behalf of all the dogs. A great big wolf to you. Thank you. Madam President, point of information. Yes, please identify yourself. Wilkinson, California. Go ahead. Madam President. Uh, Go ahead. Several of us in California are respectfully wondering how BPI is seated with a vote when they weren't there when the certification was made Sunday morning. 
They, they were. We double-checked this with the secretary, and he has their delegate. They, I know that. They, sorry. they have a delegate. They were certified. They did not participate in the nominating committee process, but they were certified with the delegate. We have it in, our, in the records, and it was certified. Madam President, may I have the microphone for one second? Penny, I'll recognize Penny Reader. Thank you. I just want to thank all of you for voting in favor of this resolution. And I want to remind you that the Department of Transportation's announcement of a, a proposed rulemaking is out there at regulations.gov. If you will go to that website and vote by the close of business, not vote, comment by the close of business in support of what we just agreed to in this convention. All of the dogs and all the members of GDI would very much appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Penny. And, and I have a feeling that this resolution in particular will be making very fast tracks to the Department of Transportation Monday morning. So. <laughs> All right. I believe that we are ready for the announcement of the vote. I want to remind you that this is a constitutional amendment requiring two-thirds vote. So I want you to listen to the entire yes vote, no vote, and percentages before reacting so that everybody can hear clearly what the outcome is. Nancy, are you ready to report the vote? I am ready. There were a total of 734 votes. There were 470.5 yeses, 263.5 noes. So it was 64.1% yes and 35.9% no. So thank you. It was close, but the, res but the amendment has been defeated. Madam President. Yeah. Please identify yourself. John Huffman at a microphone. John, I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure I do. Uh, but I would like to indulge in a moment of uh, personal privilege. First to say that once again, the American Council of the Blind has proved that we are the place where democracy lives in the organized blind movement. <laughs> and we're not ashamed of it. Madam President. Madam President. Also, Madam President. If I may. He's not quite done. Hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no if, I, if I may, I would also like to recognize the other members of my uh, committee. Um, they are Jay Bader from Florida, at least his, uh, his area code is from Florida, uh, Frank Cuda from Washington, Janelle Edwards from Missouri, Betsy Grenovich from Georgia, Richard Johnson from my second favorite state, Wisconsin, John McCann from Arizona, Chris Prentiss from Texas, and finally, our board liaison, Mitch Pomerantz, and our staff liaison, Eric Bridges. Thank you all very much. Madam President. Madam President. Thank you, Madam John, President. for your work and the committee's work. Madam President, Donna Pomerantz. I'll recognize Cindy Donna Benwinkle. and then I believe Cindy yes. Benwinkle. Donna? 
Um, I just want to share that uh, for a number of us, um, it's not an issue of power. We hope that the board of directors and all leaders in all states will take this to further incentivize everyone to help find those hidden treasures that we have in this organization. And now that we have the leadership fellows training and all these other programs that are coming in place to assist and identify these leaders, folks, let's all reach out and mentor and encourage people because what I've heard from folks is, oh, it's going to be too difficult, but everyone has gifts. So let's all take this as an incentive to mentor and find those hidden gems and bring them to work this organization together. Thank you. Thank you. Cindy? Yes, I would like if Nancy could please give us a breakdown of the counts between affiliate votes and the uh, individual votes, please. Yes, yes. Thank you. She can and will do so momentarily. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. There were 400 affiliate votes, 245.5 yes, 154.5 no. So that was 61.4% yes, 38.6% no. The standing count was 225 yes, 109 no, for a total of 334. The standing vote was 67.4% yes, and 32.6% no. They lost in every aspect. Okay. All right. Thank you, Nancy. Are we ready for some door prizes? You all deserve it. Door prize, folks. Oops. Wait a minute. Hang on. My microphone is going to fall off. Okay. Hi there. Hi. Now, I would really like if everyone could listen up. Yesterday we had a problem because we were announcing names and then somebody would holler, yeah. Well, it wasn't that person. (laughs) So please don't say anything if you're not the right person. That would really help all of us out. Thank you. Okay. We have from South Carolina, we have a Cabernet Sauvignon, and it goes to Susan Amit from Kentucky. Okay, now wait a minute. Now we said here... Was that here or not here? No, I don't hear anyone. She's here. Stand up. Wave those arms. They're good for that. And then people will absolutely know where where to give you your prize. She is here. Congratulations. Who's the next one? Okay, the next one is... uh, The the Echo Dot. Uh Uh-huh. Donated by Wisconsin. And Cassandra from Tennessee. Bruno. No, it sounds like a no. No. Gwendolyn King. I think she's here. Stand up. Wave your arms. Where are you from? Where are you 
Louisiana. Okay. Louisiana. Okay. Um, would Mitch Pomerantz come to the podium, please? All right. Then we have uh, from Minnesota. We have twenty-five dollars. We'll do one more door prize. Karen Cohen from Minnesota. Mm, not here. No. Shirley Gillimore from Georgia. Nope. nope, not here. Twenty-five dollars. Carla from Wisconsin. Carla. West John from West Nebraska. West John. She is here. She's standing up. All right. Thank you, Door Price folks. Madam we'll need Chair. you back in a little bit. How many Madam do Chair. we have today? One second. Okay. There's a total of 14. Save a few for the banquet. Right. That'd be good. The good ones, you know, the special ones. <laughs> so how many more do we have to spread out for our day? About 10? Eight, nine. She's counting. Ten. We have 11. 11 for today. All right. We'll, well keep that 11 up. period. <gasps> 11 period. Oh. <laughs> so how many do you want for the banquet? How about three for the banquet? Okay. That leaves us nine to spread out over the rest of our day. All right. Madam Chair. Carla? Yes. I just want to let people know that during the convention, uh, during this meeting, except for when we are voting that the mini mall is open in the back in part C, which is behind all the tables. And if we're very quiet, Kim won't make us close. That's and right. uh, <laughs> we do have several things on sale. And we've got the, uh, uh, some uh, jackets, polos, and we also have some um, flash drives and SD cards that are on sale. And uh, among other things, but that'll give you a little taste of what's there. All right. Thank so you, So come Carla. on back and see us. Thank you, Mini Mall. Mike Adino. Mike Adino. Hi, Madam Chair. Thank you so much. And I want to thank everybody who signed up for the MMS program this year. I really appreciate it. And I want you to know that there is a table straight across the hall when you walk out the door. So if you're not signed up, we're winding on down and you need to get signed up before the end of convention. And if I might take a moment to thank my committee, uh, Dan Spoon and uh, uh, George Holiday and uh, Kathy uh, Brockman and Gene Mann. Unfortunately, Kathy and Jean didn't make it here this year, but we did the work we needed to do. And you need to come see me right outside the door, straight across the hall. I'm there during break. Thank you, Mike. Madam President, David Trott. David Trott. Yes, I'd like to remind everyone that we're getting close now to the big $5,000 drawing tonight. If you don't have your Braille Forum raffle ticket, I think you can pick them up back at the mini mall. If not, there are several board members and board of publication members around, and we'll be happy to sell them to you. Or you can pick them up until 2 o'clock at registration. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Take a deep breath, everybody. Okay. Are we ready to move on to elections of officers? Uh, no, not officers. Let me take that one back. I'm still here. <laughs> election of board members. Um, I want to recognize Mitch Pomerantz, chair of the nominating committee, to review the slate and place names in nomination. Mitch? Thank you, Madam President, and good morning. 
it really wouldn't... Whoa, that just got better. It wouldn't be an ACB convention without uh, roll call. We have five directors' positions and three Board of Publications positions. I will read the candidates who were put forward by the nominating committee, their hometowns, and uh, approximate job titles. Uh, and I say that because in some cases I don't have exact, but as we said in the old days, close enough for government work. <laughs> the five individuals nominated for director seats were Katie Frederick, Columbus, Ohio, digital technical specialist at <clears throat> the Ohio State University. Um, no, I won't say what I was going to say. And uh, Katie, Katie uh, is the incumbent, and this is she's running for her second term. Patrick Sheehan, Silver Spring, Maryland, also the incumbent running for his second term, director of 508 programs for the Department of Veterans Affairs. Jeff Tom from Sacramento, California. He is a retired attorney with the State Legislative Analyst's Office, and this would be, uh, he, uh, he uh, fulfilled a partial term. This would be a full term. James, that's all right. He almost had a microphone kidnapping. James Crott, Miami, Florida. He is a retired attorney. And the fifth candidate is Michael Talley from Birmingham, Alabama, and he is a Randolph Shepard vendor. The three Board of Publications positions for whom we have nominees, or for which we have nominees, are Paul Edwards, Miami, Florida, the retired Accessibility Services Coordinator at Miami-Dade Community College, and he's... Uh, seeking his second term. Deb Lewis from not quite but soon to be Clarkston, Washington. She is retired access specialist for the state of Washington. And uh, she too is an incumbent seeking her second term. And Penny Reeder from Montgomery Village, Maryland. And she's a, a contractor uh, on access or for access technology um, with the Department of Veterans Affairs. Madam President, those are the candidates for whom our membership will be voting uh, uh, from the nominating committee. Thank you.